0: Pastor Xavier Reese, with the simple truth, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The Apostle John, a disciple
1: who had repented from forsaking his Lord in the garden, and now he's here at the foot of the cross. Even though Jesus had prophesied in Matthew 26, 31, and many other portions that all of you will forsake me, here he is, he's repentant. There is a great mark of a disciple. He's at the foot of the cross. Always, he doesn't leave it.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Scripture lets us know that Jesus had seven different things to say while hanging on the cross. And as Pastor Xavier brings us the study of one of those, we can't help but see how Jesus chose to honor those who honored and boldly confessed Him. In fact, it was John, the one and only apostle to stand at the foot of the cross, that Jesus honored with a very special distinction. Pastor Xavier takes us to the 19th chapter of the Gospel of John for today's Simple Truth.
1: John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. The message is entitled, Love from the Cross. Now, it is interesting that John records, of the seven sayings, he records the third, the fifth, and the sixth. So he records three of them. Now for our study, we want to look at the third saying, which is marked by three things. First of all, the personal witness of love for Jesus by the four women and the one man. Then secondly, it's marked by the proclamation of love by Jesus to Mary. And then thirdly, you have the proclamation of John's faithful love. Let's look at the first, the personal witness of love for Jesus by four women and one man. First, we want to look at the woman, Mary Magdalene. Now, she had been delivered of seven demons by the Lord and had received a brand new life with purpose and meaning. Luke 8, 2 tells us that. A woman who had known only torment and difficulty, and the Lord had touched her. And made her new. Now so often we look at Jesus and, and we even look at the lives of people and say, Well, you know, uh, Jesus can He can probably fix you up. And we start looking at the difficulty of people's lives to see if Jesus can do things. There is nothing impossible for him, yet for us we start looking in the category of difficulty. This woman had seven demons. Jesus delivered her, and now she was living in peace and in love. Now, notice, secondly, we have Mary, the wife of Clopas. Now, nothing is known of her except that her husband was one of the two men on the road to Emmaus that Jesus appeared to in Luke 24, 18. Remember, the two were walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus appeared, and, and he says, well, what are you guys talking about? I said, Well, you know, it's, you know Jesus is Nazareth, Are you a stranger around here? And then he revealed himself to them, and they went and told the women that he was risen, and the women told the disciples, and, and some believed, some didn't. So this is the wife of, of one of the men on the road to Emmaus. Here she is at the cross, a committed disciple. Notice thirdly, there is the Lord's mother's sister. She was the mother of James and John, the son of Zebedee, Matthew twenty seven fifty six tells us. She's called Salome by Mark fifteen forty. She is the one who was rebuked by our Lord when she petitioned The right and the left hand. Remember, she said, you know, my sons, one on the right, one on the left. said, you you don't know what you're asking. Well, I am positive that as she sat there now and she saw the Lord hanging on the cross and she saw the two thieves, one on the right, one on the left, I guarantee you she was so thankful and that she says, Lord, you were so right. I didn't know what I was asking. Then her sons would have been there. She was one thankful mommy, I guarantee you. then fourthly, there is Mary, the mother of our Lord. She was that humble young woman who said to God, "Behold the maid, servant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your will." In Luke 138 knowing that if she was found pregnant during the engagement period, the law says she was to be stoned. And she said to the Lord, according to your will. And so she submitted herself to God as well as trusted him for the mockery and the snickering. Matthew 1, 18 through 19 says that Joseph wanted to put her away privately. And she was willing to submit herself to this. Quite a woman. Then there's John, the only man at the cross. He was one of the 12 disciples and apostles. He is the one who leaned on the breast of Jesus at Passover meal. as recorded in John 13, 23, 25, and 21, 20. He is the one whom the Lord loved, a unique way John identifies himself in the gospel in John 13, 23, 19, 26, and 21, 20. The personal witness of the four women in John was a witness of their love. Their love. Secondly, we have the proclamation of love by Jesus to Mary. Woman, behold your son. Now the title of woman is not one of disrespect, but just the opposite, showing respect and honor. Jesus had used it in his address at the wedding feast of Canaan towards his mother in John 2, 4. Jesus had used it for the woman of Samaria at the well in John 2, 21. And remember, the woman of Samaria was amazed that he, as a man, would talk to her, let alone a rabbi, a Jew, and then offer her eternal life. Jesus was honoring Mary for her obedience to God's plan, and her love showed to him for 33 years. Notice the relationship of Mary was to be transferred to the apostle John. Jesus was the oldest of the children, and therefore the responsibility of the home fell upon him since Joseph is not mentioned anymore. Most likely he has died at this point. So it is up to Jesus, but Jesus is on the cross. you remember the man who told Jesus, you know, let me first go bury my father and mother for discipleship? He said, let the dead bury the dead because the culture was that The elder was the one responsible, and they would not leave the home until their parents were taken care of. They were to look after their parents. And once they died, then they were set free. Well, Jesus is dying. Remember, the brothers of Jesus did not believe in him. Therefore, Jesus didn't think they would be able to take care of her the best. John 7 5 says, They were not believers. Jesus knew that Mary was experiencing the sufferings prophesied by Simeon in Luke 2, 34 and 35. You remember his words? As Mary brought baby Jesus to be dedicated, listen to them. Then Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And from that day on, Mary bore that sword in her heart. It's all speculative, but I think that Mary knew a lot more than we think she knew. And yet that I'm sure that she didn't know everything. But her life must have been heavy. I know I, as a parent, as you have your children, you're worried about them when they're little. And, and then you're worried if they're going to get through with this cold and this and that, and they're going to be okay. And then they get into school, and, you oh, they're doing good. And then you find out the abuse at school and the fighting. And then you say, oh, is my I kicking? And then you go through, and then they go through high school and say, am I going to survive it? And then, um, <laughs> and then they get done. And all of a sudden, they're kind of grown up, and now you're worrying about who they're going to marry. (laughs) And as a parent, you never stop. It never ends. She must have been around 46 to 48 years of age at this time, if, in fact, she was anywhere from 16 to 18 when she had the visitation. Some believe even 15, but give her 46 to 48 I cannot think of any greater heartbreak than for I, as a parent, to bury, to see the death and bury a son or a daughter. I can only imagine one greater, and that's my wife. But it has to be just something that's incredible. I also am aware that she knew the will of God. But we know the will of God, and when our loved ones die, we cry, don't we? Because we miss them. We're human. We're tied. So there's nothing wrong with sorrow. Uh, The only sin is to continue in sorrow and not allow God to use us and to move us on. There's the sin. And so the proclamation to Mary, woman, behold your son, was an expression of his love. Hmm. She'd caress him, nurse him, change him, walk him, like any other mother. That's why all these big dudes in football, and the camera comes out and says, Hi, Mom. And they never say, Dad. <laughs> How interesting. Moms have such a special place. Special place. Third and last, we have the proclamation of John's faithful love Behold your mother. Notice first the responsibility of caring for Mary was not to just anyone, but to the disciple John. A disciple means one who is a student or a pupil. One who is committed, one who is learning, one who is growing, one who counts the cost. Not someone who's looking just at the advantages or looking just for self, but, but someone who's committed. A disciple is one who emulates and imitates his master and teacher. They're there, they're watching, they're looking. A disciple out of many who was chosen to be one of the 12 apostles once in doubt to preach the gospel of good news. It's quite a responsibility. You and I have that responsibility always. And something I think we can miss the responsibility that we hold in our hands the ability to give to people and have their lives squared away. A disciple who would live longer than any other of the 11. And Jesus knew this. He declares it in chapter 20. A disciple whom the Lord loved and allowed it to be recorded in the scriptures over and over again. John 13, 23, 35. John 20, verse 2, 21, 7, and 20. Some people read the gospel and critics and they say, well, you know, John's pretty, that's very vain. You know, he's writing about himself, the disciple who the Lord loved. Yeah, it's pretty vain. No, remember, the scriptures were written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. John was the pen, but the writer was the Holy Spirit. Now, the Gospels in the New Testament calls us saints. Now, when the Holy Spirit or God or Jesus calls us saints, that's all right. But now, if you start calling yourselves saints, then we're going to have some problems. All right? So if God allows the record, then that's fine. It wasn't John. A disciple who had repented from forsaking his Lord in the garden, and now he is here at the foot of the cross. Even though Jesus had prophesied in Matthew twenty-six thirty-one and many other portions that all of you will forsake me. Here he is, he's repentant. Right at the foot of the cross. There is a great mark of a disciple. He's at the foot of the cross. Always. He doesn't leave it. A disciple, the only man who was present at the cross. No other man of the disciples. A disciple who would believe the report of Mary Magdalene regarding the resurrection and would run to the tomb and find it empty, John 20, verse 1 and 2. A disciple who would be the first to recognize the Lord's voice as they were fishing in Galilee in chapter 21 of John, verse 4 through 7. Peter's a little disturbed at the question, have you caught anything, children? a guy, what's the matter? And John says, hey, that's the Lord. Jumps in, swims away. John was the first to recognize. So not just any person, but the disciple John. Notice, secondly, the responsibility of caring for Mary was to be a son. One who would honor and respect her. I am amazed of how little honor and respect parents get today, and often from Christian children. If your parents are not born again, you still are responsible to honor and to respect them. They're your parents. They may not love the Lord. They may be rebellious towards the Lord, but you honor and respect them. That doesn't mean you go along with what they say. It doesn't mean that you don't confront them. It means that you do it in a very honorable and a very respectful way. That's what it means. One who would protect her. Jesus would no longer be around. The mockery, the jeering, the snickering, the rumors would continue until the day Mary died. A son is there. One who would provide for her in her old age to make sure she's taken care of. All of us have that awesome responsibility. It's not one that we look forward to because we hate to see our parents in their latter years when they can't take care of themselves. Yet it's a reality of life. What we are to do, how we are to handle it, is an individual solution. Each of us must look to the resources we have. Each of us must look to the options we have. And each of us must be responsible to the parents we have, to the best of our ability. One of the greatest crimes in our American society is the abandonment of parents in old age. I think it's the cruelest thing that anyone can do. One of the most difficult things that um, widows go through is the loss of a husband, or vice versa. And hopefully as children, you can be there to make that transition helpful and easy. Now, some widows or widowers make a better adjustment than others. Um, But whatever the case may be, uh, we have to be sensitive when those times come. Notice thirdly, here, the responsibility was accepted from that moment on. The disciple John took her to his house from that hour. The passage in Mark has been interpreted as if these witnesses were looking from afar off and then moved closer to the cross. But a close reading will reveal that, in fact, they were at the cross receiving the third saying and then moved away to view the death from afar off. Mark 15 33 40. So they were here, receiving the word, and then they moved away and saw it from afar off. Mark tells us that it was the sixth hour, around 12 o'clock, verse 33 of 15. The first three saints took place from 9 a.m. to 12 under the wrath of man. Mark records the fourth saying, which took place at t- from 12 p.m. to 3 um, under the wrath of God. And Mark tells us that Jesus breathed his last, like the other gospels, And then Mark tells us that the centurion, as we've seen, said truly this was the Son of God. And then Mark reveals that John took Mary that very hour away from the cross as a faithful son, not allowing her to see the suffering and agony of Jesus, the remaining mockery, and the final death. You find that in verse 40 of Mark 15. What a better son to remove her from that sight. So he took that responsibility from that moment on. The proclamation of a faithful son and faithful love to John is, Behold your mother. It's an acknowledgement of John's faithful love. Jesus knew the heart of all men. No man needed to tell him anything, for he knew what was in all men, right? No surprises. Into the life of Charles Lamb, there came a deep attachment to a woman, but he willingly forsook marriage when he saw the need of his own family. Brother, son, and husband, he became the guardian angel of that home, and especially of his sister Mary, who was at times mentally deranged. After she had stabbed her mother to death in one of her mad moments, Charles Lamb stripped himself for his sister Mary as Jonathan stripped himself for David. And for 38 years, he watched over her with a tender solicitude. A friend tells how he would sometimes see the brother and sister walking hand in hand across the field to the old asylum. Both of their faces bathed in tears. A sad story and yet a grand story. For Charles Lamb had his place in his home, and it was never left empty. Love is what drove him, nothing less. The third saying of Jesus is marked by these three things which focus on love. The personal witness of the four women in John was a witness of their love. What is the witness of my love for Jesus in this life? Is my witness faithful as theirs when everyone is against Jesus? The proclamation to Mary, behold your son, was an expression of the love of Jesus. Jesus brings every believer To a new family. The family of God. And he desires that we live under God's love for each other. Doesn't mean we close our eyes. Doesn't mean we deny things. We see exactly who we are. What's going on. But we love one another and hold each other accountable. Important. Jesus knows that those in the family of God will care for you and myself more and better than even blood family if they don't know Christ sometimes. I say sometimes, not all the time. And then thirdly, the proclamation that John, behold, your mother, was an acknowledgment of John's faithful love. Jesus will have many of us to care for those who will have no one else to care for them in the family of God. Jesus will have us love them as our own through his love. Very important. Let me um, close with this poem and, and, and listen. Listen real closely. They say the world is round and yet I often think it's square. So many little hurts we get from corners here and there. But there's one truth in life I've found while journeying east and west. The only folks we really wound are those we love the best. We flatter those we scarcely know. We please the fleeting guest and deal for many a thoughtless blows to those we love the best. That's a picture of you and I when we walk in the flesh when we're only loving ourselves. But that's a picture that we don't have to be part of If we walk in the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit,
0: God's agape love. Pastor Xavier Reese reminding us that the love of Jesus is an everlasting love. And that's a simple truth Jesus gave us an example of even while nailed to the cross. And with that, Pastor Xavier not only wraps up our time for today, but draws to a close his study called Love from the Cross. Now, you may be interested to know that today's presentation can be heard again anytime by way of the radio listening's link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But if you prefer your own personal copy on CD, we can make one available for only $4 upon request. And by the way, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So that title once again is Love from the Cross, and our address is Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please let us know the call letters of the station you hear us on. That enables us to track where our radio outreach has been a ministry to our listening friends. And thank you for your help. The death of a loved one can leave you feeling pretty empty. But next time, Pastor Xavier shows how the resurrected Savior offers fulfillment like no other. That's next time on Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California